Welcome to What's on Your Face, a podcast about beauty, pop culture, and all fun things on the internet from two beauty insiders. I'm Shade. And I'm MJ. Welcome. So, MJ, what's on your face? I, it's something that was on my face last night, if that counts. It does. Okay, it's an oldie but a goodie. Let's it hear. is the ordinary AHA BHA peel. Ooh. It's that red vampire facial okay. thingy that they call. Um, I used it for the first time in a long time last night, and it's pretty fucking good. I've heard a lot of good things about it. You that. haven't tried it? I haven't tried it what? yet. What? I try, I only try oh to do God. like the nice stuff from Ordinary. So like their hyaluronic acid. I'm just really like. What do you mean the nice stuff? Like stuff that's not going to be super like acidy. I'm just a bit, because it's just too like. Hello, you use Dr. Dennis Gross extra strength peel pads. But like, I like that he's so gentle. No, you, you don't understand. This shit is no joke. That's why I'm like... Oh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good that... So I leave it on my face. I don't go the maximum 10 minutes. Mm-mm. I only... So I drop it all over my face, um, like two, three drops, spread all over my face, and I leave it on for only eight minutes. Okay. And then I rinse it off with lukewarm water and then a towel afterwards and then I slather whatever moisturizer I have around and then the next day it's like I have a new face Ooh, it's really good but my friend um my friend did use it I was like you gotta try this and I passed it to her but I didn't give her like specific instructions See, and she left it on for 10 minutes and the next day she didn't wear sunscreen <gasps> and she had a couple of red patchy bits see there it is one why are you doing that with no sunscreen and two you need instructions no see i'll yeah so is is that all that's on your face or anything else any other fun things i'm currently wearing the fenty bronzer love and then a little bit of eyebrow pencil and then that's it really Mm-hmm. What's on your face? So I started with the Tatcha Rice Wash Cleanser. I'm obsessed with that cleanser. I love the texture of it. And then I went in with PSA, aka Allies of Skin, their heroin, uh, their heroin superfoods glow toner. Love it. Has mandelic Ooh. acid, which is like you know AHA fam. What does mandelic acid do? It's an exfoliant for the skin. Okay. It's in the AHA family. Okay. Um, and then I have Sunday Riley's Autocorrect, which is like their eye cream. It has a nice little bit of caffeine in there and some horse chestnut, which like brightens and luminizes horse the skin. Horse chestnut. Yeah. yeah. Love, 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 love Sunday Riley. I'm such a stan. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I have Glow Recipes, pink, or not last, but Glow Recipes Pink Juice, which I personally like it because it's super light. And I know some people are like, it's too light. It's not a real moisturizer. But I like that it's so light because then it's an easy base for SPF because you're putting on something a bit thick. And then I, I went in yeah. with Supergoop's Unseen Sunscreen. So I like to do a light moisturizer when I'm wearing SPF so that I have... Like, it's not going to be too much on my face. I know what you mean. And then now I'm getting even lazier, and I just like to combine the SPF with the moisturizer and just call it a day. There you go. Yeah, that, you can definitely do that. Uh, but be careful when, when mixing. Like Not I, mixing, like buying a product that's both. Oh, that's both. Yeah, so I'm, I know you, you tell me I'm always talking about Supergoop, but Supergoop's Ugh. Super Screen 
It's outstanding, and it's a. It's what a, is it's, super? There's too many things. I can't keep track of what. Because they're has. just giving you. They're giving the girls all the SPF they need. It's too many SPF. It's like pretty much. It's a moisturizer and an SPF in one, and it's SPF forty. Oh, is this in the jar? It's in the jar. It smelled a bit funny to me. I enjoy it. Okay, that's I'm good. Like good stand. for you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> So now we're going to get into our mini episode, which is going to be about pull up. Um, so I'm going to kind of be leading this this chat with you, MJ. I Please uh, do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, pull up is kind of before we had pull up a few months before that in the summer of 2020, um, we pretty much saw Black Lives Matter take over the world. Um, I think some thought that it would, you know, was a one-off and it wouldn't be something that would garner any change, but it really and truly did. Uh, The world pretty much watched the murder of George Floyd, and then we watched things like Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain and countless others, and it reminded us of what we are capable of as humans, and it reminded us that the U.S. essentially hadn't really exercised its demons from the past, that there were still a lot of things that were unresolved. And Europe, and And, and most of the world. Around the whole world. There was a lot of conversations that didn't happen, that should have happened, Um, and with the world battling a pandemic on top of that and watching, you know, everybody in an uproar and protesting and, you know, setting targets on fire, people shifted their gaze to their phones. Uh, People did this to escape the news. People did this to find answers or get involved. You know, a lot of people were like, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to talk about it. And other people were like, I want to speak up. I have something to say. People were calling out racism and microaggressions and they were doing this not only in their just day-to-day lives, but mainly in the workplace, because that's where a lot of people spend a majority of their day. And this is when the beauty industry comes in. The beauty industry for decades really used European beauty standards as the norm. Um, They were the only thing that was represented, not only in the glossy magazine ads, but also in the HQ offices where the mood boards are created for these magazine ads. Uh, You only really had blondes or brunettes represented by a brand, there was really no other consumer. Who you see in this ad is who we want to sell to. That was pretty much the the message that was being sent. So now for myself, as a black woman who is more into skincare and wasn't really into makeup so much, I was so confused in, you know, the summer of 2017. Uh, before we had one of the biggest beauty launches in, in my opinion, the history of the beauty industry. Fenty launched in September 2017. And Mm. when people, you know, in the office were like, she's launching one lip, a few highlighters, and 40 shades of foundation, I was confused. I was actually... I remember this. I was so confused because you had Kat Von D as like, you're like, this is like the big girl, like that's, you know, killing it right now. And she had everything like contouring and lips and this. And you had Rihanna launching 40 shades of foundation. I was actually really worried because I'm... Like I like her makeup products, but I'm also like a Rihanna fan. Like I would consider myself navy. Like I Who have is all, it? I, Who is a lot it of people Rihanna? aren't, but like oh. I'm like a super stan. Love, 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 love Me Rihanna. Too. So I was like, oh my god, I don't want it to fail. Like. Uh. And I really thought, why foundation only? So as a person who doesn't really wear foundation, um, I never felt the pain of not finding my own shade. You don't wear foundation? N- no. I wear a little bit of press. Now I wear pressed powder, the Fenty pressed powder, to like, you know, zhuzh it up a little bit. But for the most part. But is it because 
you were always hesitant to buy foundation or because you just have really great skin that never really needed much foundation? It's both. I've always just been like, oh, I'm okay with like lips and like doing like eyeliner and mascara or like doing lashes. But I'd never really been like, ooh, I need to have foundation to like cover up or like like smooth over my skin. I just mm. never felt that need. Um, and I'd never, I never really, anytime I did try, I never had a good relationship with it. So like it would always be too light. And I always just like, I don't want to deal with it because I don't want, and I also didn't want it to break my skin out. Yeah. So I was very like hesitant. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, so when I did buy my, my first foundation, it was MAC. I went to a, a shop in Nian City. I went to the Mac store there. I bought my foundation. I mean, mind you, they had to like dust it off a little bit and go and find it in the back because it How wasn't out. How many years out. ago was this? This was in 2015 that I that they were like uh, dusted it off, fixed it up, and then gave and then I bought it. Um, but that was my first like purchase, wow. and it wasn't that much of a, a challenge. And I just kind of and everybody told me you're buying foundation, go to Mac because that's the only place it'll have for you. Yeah, Mac is great. Yeah, so I just you know I went about my business, didn't think anything of it, and I didn't really realize the full impact of Fenty until I went online after the launch and I saw black and brown girls crying about the fact that they didn't have to mix or dilute or buy three or four shades to get to the right shade or jump through all these hoops just to get what they needed for their face to look right. And I realized that, you know, Riri made this brand to speak to those girls. Uh, I feel like this was possibly the wake-up call that a lot of beauty brands needed to be like, oh shit, maybe I should be more inclusive. And you know, like yeah. you saw, I mean, everybody saw what Boots looked like in the UK when she launched, like the girls were out. We saw the first Fenty consumer came out of, you know, Sephora in Australia. And, you know, she was, I don't know if she was Aboriginal or she was black, but she, you know, she, she was a woman of color. So I think the big organizations saw the potential and there was still a lot of silence and it really didn't really change the way that people viewed diversity so much. Um, but I do think it took us watching tiny microaggressions, subtle racism, you know, workplace discriminations, things like that, that led to situations like George Floyd, where, you know, as a human, we can see someone as so much less than us that we would end them. Representation does very much so matter. Um, if you don't see people of color, do they exist? Uh, are they just the people that we see on TV? Are they oh, just yeah. are they just the shopkeeper, the drug dealer, the good yeah. student? You know, it's I, I, <laughs> I I totally agree with that. And now with shows like Fresh Off the Boat, yeah. like I don't know how to feel about them because on one hand, it's like it's really great that you know Asian Americans are getting more acting roles and people can see them, but they're only seeing them kind of as a caricature mm. of. Asian people. For sure. And so you need there needs to be more. Like I think fresh off the boat, it's kind of like it's kind of like what's that what's what's that movie? The movie my daughter loves, Princess and the Frog, the first black Disney princess. Mm. Great film. Most of it she's a fucking frog. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like fresh off the boat is like here we are, but it's like it is giving you a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. And I think there you do need more films where you see people of color in lots of different lights because yeah, we're, like we're, moonlight we're, exactly we're oh. not one dimensional um so yeah I think it's you know when you don't see you know people of color in your social media feed you don't see them in ads you know you sure as shit don't see them in your office 
Do they, they don't exist in your world. They aren't like me. Are they less than me? And that is sometimes what can subconsciously, I don't think people are intentionally doing this, but it can subconsciously happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I think racism is a place of comfort for a lot of people because you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to be even a tiny little bit uncomfortable. You can say what you want and you can just tell the other side, you know, chill, like don't take it so seriously, which I've had that happen to me in the workplace, you know, in, in the beauty industry where, you know, I, I had somebody tell me once I wasn't really black because I'm not ghetto. And yeah. And when I told my boss, their reaction was, oh, you're taking this so seriously. It was just a joke. And so then I was meant to, you know, be like, oh, well, am I taking it too seriously? Like it's, it's just, it's things like that where when you don't call it out, you don't fix it. You don't have those conversations where you get to places where you are with, with George Floyd. Um, and I think, you know, when you don't see people like yourself, MJ, and myself in the office looking around you, you know, you are looking at you, you don't necessarily have the perspective that you need as a, as a brand to really know all the consumers that you're speaking to. You do need to have, you know, people of, of color. No, absolutely. It's so important in yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after everything with George Floyd in, in, in May, you know, in June, we had the outstanding black square that joined us on social media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the girls got really performative. They got very performative. They posted their black square and they're like, enough's enough, guys. Gonna do something. Um, I think, you know, one of the groups that did, well, not groups, but one of the brands that did something that I really loved was Sephora. Uh, they did the 15% pledge for black beauty founders. And again, Sephora is not perfect, uh, but they are actively now incubating, you know, black founders. And then you also have, you know, a very interesting piece of this, which is Pull Up for Change. So Pull Up is pretty much an organization that encourages brands to have at least 10% corporate black employees. Um, Forbes wrote this in response to the Black Squares saying it was really nice to see uh, the corporate world finally taking a stand. Sharon Tudor, the founder and CEO of Uma Beauty, thought the change needed to happen from the inside out. It was with this in mind that she launched Pull Up for Change or a hashtag Pull Up or Shut Up, a social media campaign that challenged companies to release the number of black employees in their companies and identify the levels at which these employees sit, end quote. So... They've pretty much since now opened this up to not just black employees, but all uh, people of color. Yeah. So you've had a lot of the girls pulling up, uh, you know, Glow Recipes pulled up. You've had Fenty, you know, Kendo Group has pulled up, Sephora pulled up. Um, a lot of people were doing it at the time and really kind of sharing that information. Um, you know, I think recently I just saw on the pull-up uh, Instagram, Supergroup actually pulled up, like, and this was like two months ago. And, you know, they got a bit of flack because, you know, they still didn't have a super diverse group in the office. But when I read that, I thought to myself, well, fuck, it's been like months. Nobody's talking about pull-up and Supergroup is still here. Like, I'm going to still pull up, even though, you a, know. A little late to the game, but, but still no, they showed did up. It. They did it before. They did it before in 2020 and they did it again, even though nobody was really like. Uh, oh, like an update on their pull-up. An pull update up. on their pull-up, right. which I was just like, I was actually pretty impressed by that. And a lot of people were giving them flack for it. And I was just like, you know what? No, the fact that they're still doing it shows that they care and it shows that they're, they, they want to make a change. So I actually really applauded them for that because that's pretty brave to do yeah. it, especially when no one's asking mm. right now about that. 
But I think what Pull Up does is it gives consumers the knowledge to know who they're really shopping with. Uh, are your fave makeup brands and skincare products made at a table where you would be invited to sit at? Um, it's a question we keep asking, you know, in, in our industry is how diverse, it, how uh, diverse is it? How inclusive is it? And especially in Asia, for sure. in offices in Asia where, you know, there's so many minority voices that mm. are not at the table, you yes. know, from Malaysia, Indonesia, like our area is so mixed. It's fragmented, like as a region, yeah. it's fragmented because there's so many different countries and cultural mixes where it's like, how should a company approach something like pull up for sure i think it makes a difference having in you know our situation in in singapore where it is a huge melting pot uh, I think it's important to have not only, you know, Chinese Singaporeans, but also having Malay- Malays, having people who Indian Singaporeans and having all of those different perspectives, because it really there's all, there's so many blind spots that you yeah. you don't have if you have all of the same kind of people in the room making the decisions. Um, so it's I think it's a really beauty plays such a pivotal role in, you know, how consumers see beauty and essentially we see beauty in people and I think it beauty doesn't the beauty industry doesn't necessarily take as much credit for it as it should um, and I think it's a huge it's it's a big um, it's a lot of weight on the beauty industry's shoulders so uh, you know when you have a lot of these brands who kind of get together and create a product or something I think people don't really think about who should I have you know you know, people of color in the room because they're just thinking, oh, this is just my idea and just whatever, some little thing that I'm thinking of that I want to make for, you know, my friends. But when you get that little thing that you've made and you put it into a Sephora or an Ulta or on an Amazon, it's personal. People take that bit of beauty that they saw in that ad Mm -hmm. with that girl, whoever's face is on it, and they take it into the most private place in their house, their bathroom, and they go on a journey with it. And it's just so important I think for the brands to to know that whatever little girl or boy or adult girl or boy is going to, you know, take that product and, and it's going to be with them. So, you know, outside of Black Lives Matter in the spring, you know, outside of Black Lives Matter, we also saw in the spring of 2021, you know, Asians really coming out and having a bigger dialogue about being shown as one-dimensional characters as well, which you mentioned earlier, MJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw what happens when you view Asians as one-dimensional characters. It can get a lot of people killed. It was fucking scary. It was, it was it, terrifying. It was terrifying because I was in Singapore watching this through the news and through Instagram, which I couldn't even handle, mm. honestly. And then, you know, texting my parents like, you know, don't don't go out in the city, you know, always be with somebody. It was just really frightening. And it was the most hurtful when we saw what kind of people were being victimized. Yeah. You know, it was the most vulnerable people in our community, like grandmothers, grandfathers, exactly. you know, the elderly. Exactly. So it was just really fucked up. And honestly, I'm still processing a lot of my feelings from that time period. I yeah. feel like there hasn't been, you know, it's not finished yet. No. Definitely not. By no means. Yeah. No, and I think it's it's definitely a lot. I've had the the 
absolute pleasure of having conversations with some incredible um, Asian and Asian Americans on a big scale with regards to what's going on with the, the whole stop Asian hate, stop AAPI hate. I It wasn't until when I was in one of those discussions and someone was like, you know, Shah, you're an AAPI mama. And I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) my daughter is, you know, I I don't forget, but I was just like, yeah, like I am like a mother of an AAPI child. And, you know, it's something that we really just have to, I want to fight for her to for nobody to label her as something because when you keep people in a box and you don't let them be you know who they are it 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 can be very damaging and again it can really get people killed and you know again always turning to the beauty community um you know I read this article from WWD where the founder of Tatcha Vicky Sai um I'm like quoting and like I'm I'm paraphrasing a bit but this was pretty much a lot of her words. Uh she basically was told uh as the founder of Tatcha that she wouldn't be able to run her company as a CEO. Um in her interview she said that this was her quote basically you know you'll be replaced at some point by a white french male end quote. And yeah, if you get to the top if when you get to the top and they and they call it uh and a lot of other founders were calling it the bamboo ceiling. Um, where you have these women who are creating these incredible brands. And then when they get to the top, they're basically being told, well, you're not so smart and you're not that strong. Um, you know, I, maybe you shouldn't. Uh, you're going to ruin your company. No, but everyone at the top at that level is in the boys club. Exactly. You, know, you have, I'm not going to name any names here, <laughs> but we all know who they are yeah. and where they are. And so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Again, this is when you allow people to you put people in this box and you don't let them just be more than, you know, that one dimensional character that you portray them out to be. Um, So I think having initiatives like pull up is so, 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 so key. It really is having a seat at the table, which is important. When you have different types of people working together, you can break those stereotypes. I personally, as, as a, 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 you know, a woman with braids and, you know, is very much herself, I break stereotypes all the time. Just from having a conversation with somebody, you know, people see me and they think a million different things. And then they talk to me and they're like, oh, wow. Like I had somebody just yesterday, I was doing a training and they were like, it was the end of the training. They were like, wow, you are, uh, you know, when I saw you on video, I wasn't sure, but you have a lot of strategy and like a lot of like really good ideas. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) But I was like, oh. No, but like, but now do you say, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know? I do that a yeah, lot, actually. Yeah. And that's something we talked about. You Whenever to pull some, other people up. You do. When somebody is giving you a microaggression, and it happens in the workplace a lot, I normally ask people to repeat themselves. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. Can you say that again? Mm. And then normally, once somebody says it twice, they start to realize themselves like, oh, this is not good, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying something and, and good. And it's okay to feel that. Like, yes. I feel it, you know, every, like... I feel like if having that moment is not a shameful thing, but no. it's it's a, a growing milestone. It is, and it helps. It's having those really uncomfortable conversations, which I had so many of them last summer with a I'm lot sure. of my like white friends. Yeah, um, but it, sometimes it takes having that uncomfortable conversation with somebody to to get them to understand something, and it's okay to change your opinion after you've learned something. And so I think at the end of 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 this dialogue that we've had, it's 
you know, pull up is is still a work in progress. Black Lives Matter is still a work in progress. Stop Asian hate, stop AAPI hate is still a work in progress. And, you know, the beauty industry is still, again, a work in progress and trying to figure out the, you know, what diversity means, not only in just race, but in body, in ability, um, in gender. Uh, so I think it's it's important to keep having this dialogue and keep talking about how we can change, how we can grow, and how we can get better and make the world beautiful. Don't you forget it. Never. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, it's been fun. If you want to get any more information from us or links to any brands or products that we've mentioned, please follow us on Instagram at what's on your face underscore or on TikTok at what's on your face underscore or on Twitter at what's on your face. We're available on Apple and Spotify. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.